Uh, I'm going to, uh, to start a series I'm going to tell you about as we get into it. So it'll be a surprise until I reveal what the, the series is going to be. Uh, but it's a, a New Year's uh, challenge for us, as along with what Chuck, oh, Children's Church, Children's Church. <laughs> Jacob's like, we got to sit in here? <laughs> no. A little trauma. Sorry about that trauma. <laughs> All right. Now that they're happy. Uh, but uh, it, it's going to be a 2023 challenge uh, to piggyback right on the, what, uh, the challenge that Chuck gave you last week. Um, you know, it, it's hard to believe, but uh, in this, this coming March, it will be three years since the pandemic started. You know, isn't that interesting to think about? Uh, I'm sure we all remember March of 2020. Uh, it, you know, March of 2020 started out as a poor, pretty normal month. Uh, Jack and I actually went on our 40th anniversary trip to Florida, you might remember, with our family. We had a great time there visiting all the free stuff around Disney World. Uh, my grandson uh, had been gone there like the year before with his family, Silas, uh, and they didn't go. They did the same thing. They just did the free stuff. They didn't go in the park. And then we, we just went out to the gate and took pictures of the gate. And well, there it is in there. And so he said, wow, I get to come all the way to Disney World again and still not go inside. Uh, but anyway, we had a great time uh, at, uh, on our vacation in March of 2020. Uh, on the way, I remember on the way down and on the way back, we kept hearing on the radio about this so-called coronavirus that people were talking about, you know, from over in China. And, um, and we wondered what it was all about. But I don't remember us being particularly worried about it in the first part of March. Uh, but when we got back, the discussion kept getting more and more intense and serious. Uh, soon people here in America were starting to get sick. It seemed like it started over in uh, Oregon or something. Uh, and, and people were starting to die from it. Uh, it was spreading fast. And, and pretty soon we were all concerned about what, what, it was, what, is, what was gonna happen. And then the government decided that it would be wise to shut the whole country down uh, for two weeks. For two weeks, remember? Uh, you know, we got to slow the spread. We got to flatten the curve. Remember that discussion? So businesses were closed. Well, some businesses were closed, you know, the, the non-essential ones. Uh, but others stayed open. Uh, for some reason, big box stores stayed open and big grocery stores and liquor stores uh, were able to stay open, while mom and pop, many mom and pop stores that sold the same kind of stuff were forced to close. Uh, but after all, it was just for two weeks, right? Uh, well, as we all know, two weeks turned into two months and six months and 10 months and 12 months uh, or longer, depending on where you lived. Businesses couldn't survive, and many of them had to close their doors for, for good. People lost their jobs. Some of you lost your jobs. Uh, schools were closed. Students were supposed to find a computer and a hotspot and log in every day for virtual school. Uh, many did, but many did not. Many of the, the most vulnerable among us lost a whole year of school or more that year. Uh, and during this time, churches were also closed. Uh, our last in-person service was March the 15th, 
Actually, a lot of churches in Wilson had already shut down by then. Uh, but we went one more Sunday. We were going to be stubborn, and we were going to be one more Sunday. But on March the 22nd, we also went to virtual service on Facebook. And for 12 weeks, we worshiped together watching a computer screen or our phone. Uh, for, more than, for more than 12 weeks, we had no Sunday school. We had no Wednesday night uh, Bible study. There were no small groups. Um, there were no men's and women's fellowship times. Uh, now, we did have a Facebook discussion, some of you remember, on, on, uh, on Wednesday night with me, Steve, and Joe, uh, uh, who led a discussion. But it was limited to what we had to say, and maybe you guys could text in. And, and usually by the time we got your text, it was already, we were already on another topic. Um, but, it, you know, we did that. Uh, we did do a couple of drive-by events, you might remember, uh, for Ann Flowers' birthday and also uh, Ken's uh, retirement. Uh, we, we drove by Ken and Ann's house, a bunch of us, and we wished uh, Ann a happy birthday. She was having a fantastic day that day, and you might remember. Um, uh, we also did a drive-by to say farewell to George and Brenda Mann who moved to Virginia. That, that was a good event for us. But we were all in cars and had to wave at each other from our cars, remember? Of course, the most tragic result of the pandemic for our church family was the, the loss of our brother and our friend Jerry Crocker, who passed away from COVID in December of 2020. And when I look back at what happened to the world, to our country, and to our church, uh, I see so much harm that was done. Uh, to our emotional and physical health, to our economy, certainly our social health, our, our children's education, uh, our church's growth and progress. In March of 2020, there, there was great anticipation. You might remember as we were starting that month off before all this happened, there was great anticipation for some new ministries that we had started. Um, one of the most exciting one was the young adult ministry uh, that had begun, which included a, a new Sunday school class for those who considered themselves to be young adults. Uh, at their first meeting that they had, uh, they had about 15 people show up to it. And they were very excited about the opportunity that they were going to have to grow together, to fellowship together, to serve Christ together. Um, we also began a weekly Wednesday night meal and Bible study, uh, which we had not done for several years here. Uh, and, and on that first gathering of the 1st of March, we had a room full of folks that were excited about eating and about fellowshipping and about studying God's word together. In late 2019, just a couple of months before that, we had started a men's and women's ministry. Uh, and several events had, had happened during, uh, to, in those ministries. Uh, for example, the ladies had an art class, and Zach came out and taught some basic auto repair for the ladies. And for the, the men, we had an axe-throwing tournament. Uh, we had a skeet-shooting tournament. Man, we were, we were moving. Uh, in 2020, we, ha we had a whole year, both the men and the women's groups, had a whole year planned out of what we were going to do to fellowship together, to learn together, some devotional times. Um, the men were, were planning on having a men's retreat down at the camp in the fall. 
the young adult group the win and the Wednesday night study and our Sunday morning sermon series was all going to be on the same topic. Um, it was an evangelistic, evangelistic series based on a book by uh, Aaron Chambers called Eats with Sinners. Uh, the book explored the practice of Jesus uh, and, and the way that he often reached out to people who were far from God uh, uh, to share the gospel and God's love with them. Jesus would eat with them. He would sit down and have a meal with them or uh, meet them wherever they were, um, whether it's the woman at the well or, or, or just wherever a person happened to be, that's where he would meet them and, and begin a relationship with them and a discussion with them uh, to demonstrate to them that he loved them uh, and that his father loved them. And so we all got the book, Eats with Sinners, uh, and we began to read the scriptures of Aaron, as he taught from Scripture, uh, how important it is to seek out what we called intentional relationships uh, with people who were far from God so we could share the gospel with them. And so our plan for the year was set at the beginning of March 2020. Um, the classes uh, met twice. The, the young adult class and the Wednesday night class met twice in March. I preached two sermons. Uh, we were on the way to learn how to eat with sinners and to start putting those things we were learning into practice in our lives. And then everything shut down. Everything shut down. No more young adult class. No more Wednesday night meal and study. And the Sunday morning worship was on Facebook only. Now, we tried our best to continue through uh, what we were doing for, to, in the best of our ability. All the churches were, but we were trying to do our best. I continued the sermon series on Facebook online. Steve, Joe, and I, as I said earlier, we, we discussed the topic online uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, but that momentum, that momentum that we, that we saw swelling up, at the beginning of March, the, the excitement among the young adults uh, and, and among the Wednesday night group, that momentum was just deflated. It was just deflated. And while many of you did tune in on Sunday morning, uh, and a few of you on Wednesday night, um, many did not. Many did not. For many churches, it was much like with the schools during that time period. Uh, kids turned, tuned in, right? They logged in and they tuned in. But how much did they learn during that period? Were, were they even paying attention? I, I was thinking if it was me, I wouldn't be <laughs> paying attention. You know, that personal interaction that's so vital between student and teacher was just not there. And so much was lost among students during uh, during that shutdown. And I think the same was true for churches as well, uh, including our church here at Stony Brook. We tuned in. We tuned in. But, but how much did we focus during that time on worship, uh, on learning as we sat in our pajamas on the couch and uh, did not have that face-to-face -face interaction with our church family? And here's why I'm bringing this all up. Uh, why are you rehashing all that, Mark? 
Here's why I'm bringing all this up. Uh, and it's here that I want to piggyback on what Chuck said uh, last week. Much was lost in momentum during the shutdown. Everywhere, and including here at Stony Brook. And, and while a lot of things have rebounded since then, in a great way, you know, a lot of things are really going well here. We, you know, we started the Wednesday night meal and Bible study back, and, and it's very well attended. It's doing great. Um, we've had two vacation Bible schools since then, uh, which uh, in each one a little bit better than the next. Uh, uh, of course, we're back in person in our worship here on Sunday mornings. Uh, lots of things have recovered since then, uh, but the young adult group, uh, the men's ministry, uh, a passion to be more evangelistic has really never recovered, not to the momentum that we had at the beginning of March 2020. Last week, Chuck challenged us with four things for 2023, that we exalt the Savior, that we evangelize the sinner, that we edify the saints, and that we examine the scriptures. I love the way he uses that alliteration. Uh, I've never been very good at that, but I like that. It helps you remember it better. And so if, if you didn't get to hear that sermon, uh, by the way, you can go listen to it on Facebook from last week, or it's also on, on a podcast. You can go to our website, uh, Stony stonybrookchurch.com and up at the top just click on sermons it'll pull it right up it'll be the first sermon right there uh, or you could go to your favorite source of podcast and search for stonybrook christian church like itunes or iHeartRadio or spotify and you can hear that sermon and uh, from last week i encourage you to do that uh, but l let me this morning give you a couple of hands-on ways that we can put some of these challenges into practice this morning so first, let's revisit the young adult ministry. Um, you know, the future of the church in large part depends on the next generation of leaders. Uh, and in Paul's letter to Timothy, who was a young evangelist, we don't know how young, but he was a young man. You know, throughout the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, he encouraged Timothy to take up his role as a leader in the church. He called him to use his spiritual gift. He called him to teach. He called him to lead by example. He called him to help those who were in need. This young man, uh, Timothy. Let me read uh, a part of what Chuck shared last week, 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16. Paul writing this to young Timothy. He said, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And he's not talking about a, a little kid. He's talking about a young man. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're, you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save yourself and your hearers. This is the message to young Timothy, a young adult in the congregation there. 
You know, Paul saw how vital, how vital it was for the church's survival that young men and women like Timothy step up and, and take on their role as members of the body of Christ. You know, we have some great elders and deacons here uh, at Stony Brook, uh, but who's going to take their place when the time comes? You know, most of our leaders are in their 60s and 70s. Um, and so because of that energy, strength, both physically and mentally, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not what it used to be. And that's, that's true for me as well. It's not what it used to be. Because that's what happens when you get older, right? That's what happens when you get older. It's just the way it is. And that's why God's plan has always been that, that the young work to eventually carry on the mantle of those who went before them. And if they don't, the local church dies. I know so many churches, little small churches out in the country who, who are almost dead because there's just no young adults, men and women, taking the mantle and going with it. You know, that's why God's plan has always been to have that. Um, we, we have a great, a fantastic group of young men and women here at Stony Brook in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I use that general category, 20s, 30s, and 40s. If you're in your 50s and you feel like a young adult, you're in. You're in. You know, whatever, whatever. Uh, but I'm just going to use that general category, 20s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, my son, Chris, will be 41 in this month, and I still look at him as a young adult. Um, you know, and, and you know, the fantastic group here at, at Stony Brook. Uh, and that came shining through back in March of 2020 uh, when we started that young adult ministry then. And so here, young adults, here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge to you. Take up the banner. Get back together. Get organized. And start growing together in God's word. And get prepared to be the next generation of leaders. And that might be tomorrow. Maybe it's recreating the Sunday school class, you know. Uh, maybe it's starting a small group that meets at one of your houses. Uh, Chuck challenged us to be an active, functioning part of the body of Christ by discovering and using our spiritual gift that every Christian has. You know what? There's so many gifts that you guys have that we all have if we're Christians. Uh, find that gift, discover that gift, decide I'm going to put it to use in the kingdom of God. There needs to be a leader among you or leaders uh, among you. So who among you would take up that role? It's not me. It's not Joe. It's not Steve. Who among you will take up that role? Someone among you. Get, get everybody together. And talk about it and pray about it and act on it. I'll give you names and phone numbers and addresses. Uh, you just come tell me and, and you'll have it. Young adults, I challenge you to recapture the momentum that you had in March of 2020. And the same could be said for our men's and women's ministry as well. Um, men and women have unique needs and challenges, right? 
they have unique abilities and gifts to offer. Uh, It's helpful to meet those needs and challenges by occasionally occasionally getting together separately, men and women. Uh, You know, men need to throw things. Uh, Men need to stand around and spit on the ground. Men need to uh, bellow out in laughter together. Stupid story that's being told. (laughs) According to my wife Jackie, when she and her sisters get together, uh, they need to talk about everything, sometimes all at the same time. (laughs) They need to make something. And they also need to bellow out in laughter together as well. Men also need to open up their hearts and understand God's word, to understand what a godly man is, and to be encouraged by other godly men to become godly men. And the same is true for women. Women need to open up their hearts to understand what a godly woman is and to be encouraged by godly women to take those steps to become godly women. You know, uh, there's a great passage about that in uh, Titus chapter 2, 1 through 8. This is the Apostle Paul writing to young Titus, and he said this, You, however, Titus, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled, and everything set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about, it, about us. You know, men teaching men, men encouraging men, women teaching and encouraging women. Hey, that's biblical. <laughs> That's biblical. Anita Testino has a passion for that on the women's side uh, among her sisters in Christ. Uh, she did back in 2019 and 20, early 2020. Uh, uh, as She had helped organize some times together. And just you, you, it's in the bulletin, but let me just say it right here. She is having a women's Bible study January the 21st at 9 a.m. That's Saturday, January 21st at 9 a.m. Ladies, young and old, this is not just for older ladies, uh, you know, the ones that come to everything anyway. Uh, Ladies, ladies, I challenge you to go to that Bible study, January the 21st at 9 o'clock. Again, it's not a young or old thing. It's a, a women thing. You need it. You need it. And men, we need to do the very same thing. We need to do the same thing. We need to get together, and we get to, need to get to know each other and grow in God's Word together. Last year, Brian, Chris, and I uh, did organize a couple of fellowships together. 
uh, like we had a sausage cookout with some fresh Nahunta sausage. Man, that was good. That was some good sausage. We had a really great time, but there weren't very many of you there. Just a couple or just a handful. Um, who among our brothers in Christ uh, has a passion for this need of men's ministry and then would take up the role of organizing it and making it happen other than me? Who, who among you men is ready to do that? Chris and I and the elders uh, will give you all the help you need, all the encouragement you need, phone numbers, addresses, uh, names, uh, who among you will step and say, I'll, I'll, I'll try to organize that. I'll try to get that together. We just need someone with the passion and the willingness to do it. Chuck also encouraged us to do as Timothy was called to do and share the good news of Jesus to the lost. In March of 2020, it, it was our goal as we began that year to encourage us all to reach out to the lost. That was our goal for the whole year. And to help us, we were going to seek to learn from someone who had decades of experience in doing just that. It was a pastor and writer, Aaron Chambers, who preaches at a, a large church in Colorado. Uh, he had written a book demonstrating one of the ways that Jesus shared uh, his, the love of God to people who are far from God. And it was called Eats with Sinners. You might remember this book, those of you who were here during that time. Um, the idea uh, was that when Jesus approached someone who did not know God, um, rather than immediately admonishing them for their sin and the mistakes they had made, uh, or condemning them, Jesus demonstrated his love to them by doing things like just eating a meal with them, as he did with Matthew and his friends. By meeting them just wherever they were, just to talk to them. And, and as people interacted with Jesus and they saw how much he loved them, then he would tell them about God's love and how that they could be saved uh, and know the kingdom of God. You know, the plan in 2020 was to talk about the ingredients that are found in Scripture that are needed so that we could be like Jesus. And we were encouraged to, to then seek out intentional relationships. We use that term over and over and over again. Intentional relationships. In other words, a relationship that I seek intentionally for the purpose of getting to know them, learning about them, so that in that relationship with them, we could then share Jesus with them. That was the plan. That was the plan. And we started out uh, in March with three opportunities to discuss this um, in our young adult group, in our Wednesday night group, and in our Sunday sermon series. We got, as I said, we got two of them done together. And then on March the 22nd, everything shut down. And as, as I said earlier, uh, there, was, there was no Sunday school. There was no Wednesday night um, and just worship on Facebook. The, and the whole point of this was to see how Jesus loved people and to go out and to demonstrate it to others. That was the, that was the challenge for us. 
The problem was, we at that time, we were limited, weren't we, in the kind of interaction we could have with others. Uh, there were no restaurants open where we could meet people, no coffee shops we could, we could uh, grab a cup of coffee with. People were afraid to get together. Uh, whether it was warranted or not, they were afraid. So there was very little or no visiting with each other. Even on our drive-bys, we just waved from our cars. As I taught those lessons on Sunday morning on Facebook, you, you remember, uh, as I, uh, those of you who were here then, as I er- encouraged us to take these things that we were learning and put them into practice, those ingredients of, of how to be Christ-like, I almost every week had to add this. I know it's difficult to do this now. I know it's difficult to do this now. But, but when this is all over... Let's plan on seeking out intentional relationships when this is all over. You know, we look back and we can realize 2020 was not the best time to have done this series. Of course, we, never, we didn't see it coming, so I mean, we went on with it. Because of the time of, and, 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 the, and the, the limitations, and because of that, by the time it was all over, much had been forgotten. Much had been forgotten. I mean, how many of us even heard those lessons in the first place uh, on Facebook? And and for those who did, how many of us, when it was all over, remembered them and said, okay, now I can go put them into practice? How many intentional relationships have we sought out? It was simply bad timing that was very much out of our control. So because this is such a vital part of our life as followers of Jesus, sharing Jesus with others, and because we can never get enough teaching about it uh, and challenges about it, you know, a- after talking it over with the elders, uh, I am going to revisit Eats with Sinners. Uh, now, I'm probably not going to do the entire series, although I might. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I wanted to seek to rekindle the flames that we had at the beginning of March in 2020, to rekindle the passion and commitment uh, to love like Jesus loved, to seek out intentional relationships with people in our lives who are far from God. Now, if you've still got your book, dig it out, dust it off, you know, you remember where you put it? You didn't give it to Goodwill yet, did you? All right. Uh, and plan to reread it. I'm going to, and I, and, I, and I want you to do the same. Aaron basically just takes us through a Bible study of, of, of loving like Jesus. Um, and let's start 2023 with a determination to, to do, do as Jesus com- <clears throat> commissioned us to do. And Paul understood what that commission was very clearly. I love this passage again from what Chuck shared last week, 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Paul said, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the worst, Paul said, I'm the worst sinner. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience to me, 
as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. You know, I I think that is what uh, an intentional relationship is, the kind that Jesus had with Paul. It's becoming a friend without judging and with patience and love in that relationship sharing the good news of Jesus. So starting next week, let's revisit Eats with Sinners. Father, I thank you for uh, today and for this new year and the challenges that, that come our way every, every new year, but also every week and month and every day. Every day we uh, are surrounded by people who knew Jesus. Every day we are a member of the body of Christ. Um, Uh, Every day, uh, we need to be good examples to people. Uh, In order to do that, we need to get together. Uh, We need to get together and study your word. Uh, Whether we're young or old, we need to become a part of the body of Christ, uh, an active, working part. Uh, And so I just pray, Father, as we've given these challenges out today for all of us, uh, touch the heart of of the young adults in this congregation and and maybe one or two of them to to help get things going uh and 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 may that ministry blossom again and and uh as we look towards the future and and the present right now um help us uh touch the heart of thank you for anita and what she's doing with the ladies and touch the heart of one of our men uh here uh to to rekindle the the the, the, the chance to, for, for the men to get together and, and grow together. Uh, and then be with all of us as we uh, rekindle that passion for the lost. Uh, and so I just pray, Father, that you'll just be with us in the coming weeks uh, as we continue to grow and as we continue to do the many other things that we do here uh, uh, to serve you here at Stony Brook. So thank you for each person that's here today. Be with us all. Help us all to take these challenges. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.